Welcome back to a Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories, and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. In this limited series, we wanted to invite our friends and family who are all secretly incredible to share their stories, life lessons, and advice. We hope that you, the person listening to this, would be encouraged by everything these amazing people have to say. Let this be a reminder that there are people right now, right beside you with stories, wisdom, and knowledge. Pull up a chair, grab a coffee, and welcome to our neighborhood. Hey everyone, well today we are talking to our first official neighbor in our neighborhood series. Sometimes new friends feel like old friends, and that's exactly who Jordan is to us. We met only a few weeks ago through church, but boy, does he have a story to tell. Join us as we talk about Jordan's experiences and how much his life has changed since knowing God. We are also so inspired by Jordan and his view on what living a meaningful life means to him. Enjoy. Well, Jordan, do you just want to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you're doing right now? Yeah, cool. So my name is Jordan. Um, I am new to town. I've moved down here. Um, Probably two months ago. Kind of new to town. Kind of new to town. <laughs> yeah. Your new, new old phase. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So just still figuring out where I'm at in life. Um, I'm a videographer mainly. That's what I do. Um, but currently working as a laborer. So just building things and working hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just learning and loving and experiencing. That's awesome, man. It was actually kind of funny because we worked out, like we haven't really known you for too long, obviously, but we obviously hit it off pretty quickly. And we worked out, you've lived 10 minutes away most of our childhood life. We have all these mutual friends, but obviously you moved away and like we met you through church, which for us is a completely separate area to where we're normally used to. So yes. meeting people there, it's like, whoa. And like, when he says, when he says he's from this end, it's like, no way. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you're from a completely, how do we make this connection? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's such a small world, but you know, you mentioned you're working as a laborer now. That was actually one of the first things that we spoke about was just like as a 20 year old, how many jobs you've actually worked yeah. in the past. So um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, the jobs you've worked? You've been a farmer, a yeah, so chauffeur, all these different things. I know, right? I've done a fair bit, actually. <laughs> a what? Well, it's not chauffeur. What do you Valet. I was a valet. Valet. Con- concierge. Uh, I worked at serious? Woolies. Woolworths. I was a checkout chick for a bit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, worked at a farm for six years. Um, yeah. Done some laboring videography. Worked for a media company. Worked at a mine for six months. Gosh. You've gotten around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've been around. Yeah. yeah. So, I've worked at Kmart. That came up. That's it. Bunnings for me. Yeah, right. That's you it. suit. Yeah. He does. Born to work. <laughs> that was for us are just the beginning. But um, yeah, where'd you start? What was the first thing that you kind of went to? I started as uh, as a farmer, as a turf farmer. Yeah. And then I left there for a bit and went to Woolworths as a checkout chick, just for a bit more, you know, less physical work. I think I was like, I don't know, fourteen or something. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could not stand being a checkout chick. I just- <laughs> Oh, you know, Why? What was the worst part? So Why much didn't you pressure. Like it? So much pressure. I, I just um, at the time I was really I had really bad anxiety, so mm-hmm. I'd like literally throw up at work, not in like behind the counter, yeah. just on the conveyor belt, just like <laughs> is this uh, milk for ninety? Blah. <laughs> Want your receipt? Blah. Yeah. So yeah. it was just bad, and I, I really suck at maths, and I still do. So every time <laughs> okay. some like older person would just give me like extra change, and they're like trying to get rid of it. I'm, my world fell apart and I was just like, yes. all right, 
my brain would shut down and then mm. the sweat would run and then I'd just freak out. I feel like 14 is even pretty young. Like my first job was around then, but, and I remember that even going to a shift was really intimidating for some reason because it's just a, a foreign world and a foreign thing. But so you're a farmer, a checkout chick. How did you become a valet after that? Yeah. So um, I was so sick of working at this farm because <laughs> it was just so physically demanding. Mm. Um, I loved it though. I learned a lot mm. there. Um, but yeah, I was just done. So I was like, right, I'm just going to wing it, resign, and find another job. So you probably should find a job first, then resign. <laughs> so I literally resigned, and then I had like three weeks, oh no, three months of just being unemployed, which is rough. Mm. Um, but it was a great time to just chill out a bit. Um, and I just saw this ad as concierge, and I love people. So I was just like, literally get to talk to people as a job pretty much. Um, so I applied for this job, nailed the interview. Uh, just completely winged it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then so I good. started doing that and I got to park some sick cars. Like, yeah. Was that nerve wracking? I would have gotten anxiety from doing that job. I mean, the most stressful part or well, one of the most stressful times was I couldn't start this Tesla. Oh, I just didn't, I've never been in one before. I was like, how do you start this? Pretty yeah. cool though, right? Yeah, <laughs> so cool. cool. I mean, you're looking for like the self-valet button. Like, how can this thing do my job for me? <laughs> Literally. Um, and then everyone back and looked on the cameras of me trying to figure out how to start this car. Yeah, it was great. I take it you got there though. Oh yeah, I got there. But um, yeah, some awesome awesome experiences of working at a hotel. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, probably never again. Hospitality is not my jam. Not your jam. So um, I take it, like we, we obviously know this, but you moved from where we live, which is um, close to Sydney up to this place called Singleton, which is a lot further north. Um, was All this obviously took place kind of there at, at that age, yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, my childhood was all here. And then around 11, I think it was 10 or 11 when I moved up to Singleton. Um, yeah. Do you mind um, like kind of telling our guests, like we obviously know the story of why you decided to, you know, come back down this way? Yeah. Um, says I love this story. This is mainly cool story. driven, <laughs> mainly driven by a special someone. Um, yeah, the wonderful Chelsea, my girlfriend at the time. Shout out, yeah, shout out Chelsea. <laughs> it's a plug. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will hear her speak at some point. Um, She'll hear that. We're actually hoping to have her on next week or the week after. I think so. Whenever she we're going to get both pers- perspectives to the stories. So if there's any lies in it, you're going to get called out pretty quickly. <laughs> so I liked her longer. She she kind of really didn't know. That I existed, um, which is probably a little bit creepy. I still feel like I don't know the full story about how you met. Okay, so we went to church as kids mm. and we grew up together, but we didn't have a lot to do with each other. Okay. Um, so we went to parties and, oh, not part like sleepovers and things mm. with groups of kids and, you know, her older sister was there. Um, so, yeah, really didn't know her that well, knew of her and have, you know, seen some photos of me with her. That's about it. Don't remember my childhood too much. Um, and then, yeah, so Callie was talking, my sister was talking to um, Chelsea on Instagram, just kind of like, you know, catching up and reminiscing on good times and figuring out that, you you know, we all know each other. And I was like, who's Callie talking to? I need to know this. All right. Just, just out of genuine, you know, curiosity. Um, so I just had a look at his Instagram. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was taken back. And um, this is the prettiest girl I've ever seen. <laughs> literally, man. I was shook. Anyway, let's not get too gushy. <laughs> I mean, I was like that when I saw Chelsea too. Yeah. I'm like, but no, it, it so happens pretty. sometimes. Like you see people and you just like, wow, you were literally beautiful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, sometimes it's all it takes. <laughs> I show my mates and they're just like, mate, you were just, <laughs> she's on a whole nother level. Yeah, but, you're never going to get there. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, see, then I shot my, I shoot my shot. I shot my shot. Shoot. shoot I shot, shot, oh, shot no. my shot. I think it's because it's past tense. 
So yeah. But I think she actually responded to one of my stories first, mm. just like a like a little reaction, like an emoji. Yeah. Um, and then from there we kind of just started talking. This is pretty funny. It actually went a bit full circle. We always talk about on this podcast how like detrimental social media can be, like for your health. Mm. Yet we then always mention how good it is <laughs> for building is? Conne- like connections and relationships <laughs> with like guests and other people. And then here it is being the, the connecting would- point for love as well. I guess yeah. so. I think the defining moment though, and something that social media. Had a part to play in was we organized this time to go out to Hampton State Forest and go on a photo shoot, but to also like get to know each other and have a nice picnic. So I think it was that moment when I met Chelsea for the first time, picked her up. Well, for the first time as kind of a, you know, my own person, not a child. Like um, as a kid, you're just forced to go places and you see people. Yeah, exactly. People, you just exist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, So yeah, Kelly and I went to Hampton State Forest with Chelsea and her friend, and it was just, it was an amazing time. Yep. Um, it, was, it was literally life-changing, that experience. Um, I'll probably talk about that later. Yeah, it seems good. Cool. And she was the reason why mm. you moved back down, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. I was just like, I can't handle driving three hours. And I was doing some crazy stuff, like I was sleeping in my car out the front of her house and stuff before we were dating. <laughs> Because I was her like, dad is like, who is this bum from Singleton <laughs> out the front of my house right now? Yeah, and I just didn't know how to feel about, you know, staying at her house. And Chelsea's like, Dad, it's right. I met him in a forest. <laughs> he took a whole bunch of photos of me and, like, offered me food and stuff. <laughs> no, he's kept me in my house. Her dad's scary, too. A lovely guy, but just, like, physically, he's taller than me. He's got a, a really deep voice as well. And it's like, oh. Especially the girlfriend's dad. That's what I was going to say. Special. I feel like it's like that with the girl you likes dad. I feel like except for our dad. I'm so well, glad every, I don't Our dad that. has liked all of my my sister's boyfriend's more than he probably likes me in the first instance for some reason. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, maybe. no, he's been pretty. Your dad is I'm a just, lovable man. Yeah, he is. I'm just glad I'm not a guy and have to worry about that. <laughs> I don't know why that freaks me out. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's fine. It's just like like you said, you know, when you met Chelsea, you were your own person, and it's like when you get to that point, it's the same as you know having respect and meeting anyone kind of new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you met Chelsea, got kind of sick of camping in your car out the front of her house. Yeah. And you made the decision to obviously move back to Sydney. Um. And then you're living with your grandparents, right? I am living with my grandparents. That's always fun. And the way we met was actually through church. So Chelsea goes to our church and I could say there's an argument that it was fate and God's plan that you have kind of been intertwined into our life now at this point because we have only interacted a couple of times, but Mm -hmm. it feels like we've been friends for like a lifetime. You know, we share the same passion, the same hobby and, you know, creativity has always been a really big thing for me. It's obviously a really big thing for you as well. And mm-hmm. I take it Chelsea's pretty supportive of that as well, right? Yeah, she's um she's a creative nut herself. Like it's awesome. Um and I think yeah, totally it was part of God's plan that we all met, got to know each other. And I, I agree. I felt like I've known you guys for a very long time and it's only been like, you know, a month, mm. month and a half. So crazy. I know, right? So I'm actually probably gonna steal Abby's question at this point, but obviously a love like this is a faith based podcast and you know, we're talking about God's plan and all these things, but you're a relatively new Christian, I guess, in, in terms of a label sense. Like you growing up, obviously went to church in New Chelsea, but I take it you didn't really buy into it or, or yeah, have that, did, that relationship. Did, yeah. How did that relationship begin? Like with God? Mm, so yeah, you grew up pastor's kid kind of thing, always around it. Um, but you just kind of follow, just kind of like float around and just do what everyone else is doing. Um, and I think it really took me to fall off the rails and kind of find it for myself, um, to really establish that. Um, so yeah, we went through a crazy season in life, um, which looking back, I'm very grateful for. Um, but yeah, once I found Jesus and once I experienced, um, someone who had Jesus in their life, um, I was, I left that place going, I need, I need that 
in my life. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, since then, it's just been this amazing journey of learning more about myself, learning more about God and really enjoying the company that, you know, people that have Jesus in their life have. It's just, um, oh, it's just an amazing life to live, I think. I think that the, the cool thing too is if we were talking about this, um, I think it might have been Alpha last week actually, where like people who are brought up in faith and, and church, and I'm probably a really poor example of this because, you know, my relationship with God has been pretty stable since I was a kid, but people who are kind of like indoctrinated into religions, their relationship with God is often very different from someone like you who's, you know, been through dark times and, and terrible seasons and come out of it and then found that relationship. So I think for you, it's something, and I could be completely, you know, left field, but it's just been a more profound kind of understanding of life as opposed to what lots of people do perceive their or faith to be. It's like, it's not going to church as a scorecard, you know, it's something that is a bit more inherent than that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's what makes it all the more beautiful. And I think sometimes God lets people like Jordan sort of, and me, wander off into seasons where we do feel lost and when we're in need of, you know, that saving, I guess. So, and that was like you in that dark season that you were just talking about. It's more profound that you came to know it in that season because you were so low. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's intentional as to why we fall low sometimes. If you don't mind, um, I would like to get into a little bit about that dark time only because, and I normally wouldn't put people in this position and please, if you feel uncomfortable, but I think that a lot of the things you went through are a lot of things that lots of kids go through. And it just so happens that, you know, you went to such an extreme that, you know, it, it pretty much, I don't want to say wrote off those years of your life, but it, it turned your whole life around. You know, you went so far gone that it took over your life, you know, partying and, and alcohol and drugs and everything like that. And, you know, I know personally, I know lots of friends and I've lost lots of friends to that lifestyle, just to that very limited mindset and very poor understanding of, you know, what it means to wake up every day. So only if you would, um, you know, just speak a little bit on, you know, what you went through and, and kind of some experiences in that time of your life. Mm, I think if I was still on the track that I was on, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, I think it, it all started probably at the start of high school. I had a shocking high school experience, hated it. Still had lots of friends, um, but I was just, I became this angry little ball of mess, just so confused, um, you know, um, just high school, this whole, how it works, the social life, the pressures, the, you know, adolescence, you're still learning things, um, but I ended up putting up these walls and my heart became really hard and just became really aggressive, um, not towards anyone, really. I think just, just angry all the time, snappy. Um, but yeah, I, I just hated high school. Um, but I always had this passion for creating at the same time. So year 10 came along and I was like, right, I'm a dip. I'm a leave. But my mom being a teacher, she was like, if you're going to leave school, you need to, you know, have something lined up. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll study film instead. So left year 10, went to study film. But about this time I was already, I started drinking around, you know, 15. So, you know, without parents' permission, it was just kind of that rebellious thing. So which I mean, again, like lots of kids do, like, especially so in our area, like oh we're kind of semi-rural, but even like it happens in the city all the time, you know, you're at a young party and one dude's like, oh, you know, I know where my dad's stash is or whatever it is. And, yeah. and now it like comes, you know. It's just like the regular thing nowadays, like some girls that are like 16 do it all the time. It's easy to do. And I think, um, you know, in the Australian culture as well, alcohol is such a massive thing. It's like, if you say the word party, you instantly go alcohol, yeah, you know, well, yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, I had a, alcohol has been a massive problem. It was a massive problem. So that kind of led me into this um, rebellious kind of thing. Once I started rebelling, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, so once I left, I just was angry with everyone and no one understood me. Um, and I felt like no one understood me and I couldn't talk to anyone. 
And just keeping that all to myself and then putting up these walls, my heart became so hard and I would just write off people really easily. Didn't want to connect with people. Um, you know, I was growing my hair long. I literally would just hide behind my hair, you know, on the train listening to like Suicide Boys or something, just like really hardcore stuff. Um, and yeah, started um, smoking as well, just smoking cigarettes, um, just as like a form of just not caring. I just decided that I just didn't care anymore and I would just, you know, do it. What's the rebellious thing to do, right? Everyone tells you not to smoke, so what are you going to do, yeah. you know? Exactly. So I started that probably at 15 as well, working at the farm. Guys just give me cigarettes. So I was just punching a durry here and there. Responsible adults right there. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I experienced a whole bunch of um, interesting characters at the farm. I'm sure. Um, yeah, which I got a lot of learning from as well, I guess. So, yeah. Um, and then I just really went off the rails and just, you know, pushed my family away. Um, ended up kind of, you know, I left home at like, I think I was just 17 or I was just past 17. Which again is just ridiculously young. Yeah. So I ended up living with a mate who was from church. Um, a lovely guy who took me in and then um, just was like, you have this side of the house, I have this side of the house, your thing. Um, just pay, pay this much a week. And um, yeah. And then I was just embraced the party life and I just became this horrible, angry person. I was like filming music videos with rappers who were just seshing all the time and I'd just get absolutely rattled on nangs and I would just like not be able to think straight for like two days because my brain was that frazzled. Um, and then I used to just get home and drink. Every night I was probably drunk. I had two friends that used to come and like, they didn't tell me, I kind of found this out later, but they would like fill up my fridge because I was spending all my money on alcohol. I wasn't eating. I lost like heaps of weight, became super skinny. I was just sick. Um, lost my license twice in that time. And I was like walking an hour and a half to work in winter and um, crossing the river to get to work. So I was like two degrees. I take my clothes off and walk through a river to get to work. And I did that um, for three months and then, yeah, still worked there. So yeah, I just embraced this life of just getting smashed, just getting up to mischief. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's just bad, just really bad. And then, um, yeah, I think things got really bad to the point where I would be walking to the train station. Um, and then I'd see my dad, I have to walk past my house to go to the train station where mom and dad were living. And I'd still see him in the mornings, like having his quiet time with the light on. And, um, as angry as I was, and I, I had this, like, just this deep sadness of my parents really still love me, but I've pushed them away and I've hurt them and um you know i'd see see my dad give me a wave or whatever and my mom would by the end of it she was making me hot chocolates every time i walked past or i'd go in for a quick snack or something and then yeah so i really kind of came back to them um which is like your classic prodigal son story right Mm, um yeah and then i started kind of coming to church a bit more was still kind of not fully involved i was just like going because i was like i need to look after myself and Mm. my, my spirituality and things i was questioning a lot of things Mm. Well, it's what you were raised with too. Like, where do you go back to? It's kind of what you know and what you were brought up with. So, yeah, exactly. And I think there was some key moments, like you know, being blackout drunk. Um, this one time, and I was throwing up to the point where I couldn't breathe between throwing up, and I couldn't see, and my hearing was like all ringing and stuff. Um, I sculled like a whole bottle of whiskey. I was like, I don't think I should have survived. Um, but I became sober for like a solid minute, just snapped sober, and then I felt. Um, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or if it was my conscience, but I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit, and he and it said like, um, what creates a life worth living? And then I was like thinking about that completely sober i could see here and then it snapped out and then i just went back to this this hell drugs <laughs> state yeah. Like, yeah yeah but i wrote it down in that moment of being sober and i had it on my notes and then the next couple of days i went back and looked at that um and then i really dove into becoming a better person 
um, and trying to figure all that out. Was this the cold showers and the shaving head stage? It was. <laughs> I literally shaved my head for multiple reasons because I didn't want it smelling like cigarette smoke and I didn't want, you know, but um, yeah, so I shaved my head and had cold showers and just really minimalized my life and stripped away all the things that I was doing to pull myself away, I guess. That's incredible, man. You have a, a story that I don't think many people, like you said, would have come out to be able to, to tell the end. You know, it's, it's quite sad. We, um, we have a close friend who, you know, um, of our family who, similar situation just scalded a bottle of alcohol one night and unfortunately you know she didn't she does she's not here to tell the story you know like you are so i think um you know you're really lucky but i'm glad that you're in a position now where you actually want to help people and you've realized that you know every life is valuable and there's no point even wasting a second of it on things that are going to distort that reality you know drinking it's like what's the point at the end of the day it's like you feel good for a couple of minutes and you know you're having some fun or whatever but at the end of the day it's what, what am I waking back up to? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's, um, I use it as an escape, um, but like in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're not made to be, you know, intoxicated. We're made to be, you know, sober. And um, yeah, I think um, the, the main turning point was when I went to Hampton State Forest and I saw this girl that just had, had such a peace about her and a joy. Um, and I went, wow, I, I need whatever that is. And that was, that was Jesus. So I went back the whole trip home. I was just thinking about, right, I'm just going to, rededicate my life to the Lord and I'm just going to like launch myself at this thing. Was that about the time you decided, you know, I want to go back to, to Sydney. I want to, I want to be back to Richmond. I think so. I think, um, we weren't even dating. Chelsea and I weren't even dating at this point, but, um, I was just like, I need to be in a community, um, and a place where I can just thrive and just, you know, bounce off some people. I hope you've found that. <laughs> I have. I think it's have. been great. You guys are a part of that. Yeah. And it's awesome. I have such a privilege to, to know you guys. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, and one of the reasons why I like this podcast so much is it gives me a reason to look at everyday people and find like that sense of peace that you were talking about in Chelsea. And um, I think the first time we met, like we met quickly, I'm like, let's grab coffee. And then that Friday we had coffee and I never normally do that. Like I'm never ben the type never of person who's like, does that. <laughs> I'm going to go out and hang out for coffee with someone that I've barely met unless it's like a business meeting or whatever it is. And I was like, you know what? I just, I have a good feeling about this dude. I feel like we, we have something in common that's worth talking about. And one of the first things that happened when we were discussing just like life in general is you mentioned a quote from Walter Mitty and <laughs> yes. I picked up on it in my head. I was like, I know where that's from. I'm not yeah. going to be this creep and mention that I've known this movie like word for word pretty much. And then at the end of our discussion, we, we were both like, you know, made the connection that we love this movie called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, what, what type of, I guess, teaching came out of that movie that you've kind of embedded in your life and you think that other people should as well? There's so much. I could talk about it for hours and I literally have recorded myself talking about it for hours. But I think, um, you know, coming back to every single person has a story and um, no matter who they are, you know, there's something powerful going on in their life, uh, even if they don't see it. And I think taking chances, taking calculated risks um, is healthy. I think, um, you know, this is so much I can talk about. There actually is. I don't know where to start. No, nah, it's, and we came back to that, that motto that I read out um, in. That's what I was going to say. The, I'm like, what, what was it that made both of you? Yeah. Like, what was a quote that Jordan said that? So um, in, in the movie, he works for this magazine and the magazine's called Life and pretty much their life motto or like their, their business mission is this saying that pretty much defines life and I think me and Jordan both agree that it pretty much encapsulates how everyone should live their life, you know, to some extent. And it pretty much, I don't know what off the top of my head actually, but it, it draws on the lines of like, you know, to, to draw closer to other people, to like see behind walls, to like uncover the mysteries of life, you know, um, to take risks and, and see the dangers like to come to and, and like that's the meaning of life. And um, I think 
it probably resonated with you because it's like you find your truth and your love for life in the connection with other people. It's like you've been to the dangers and the mysteries and, and come out the other end to see it. And, and now you know that your purpose is to draw closer. And I think that's why we had such an immediate, I guess, connection in a sense. Because when I first met you, I thought I was new to church as well. So I'm like, this dude's been around for months. Like everyone seems I to know him. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I thought you were just like a regular. Mm. <laughs> been here for ages. But what I think was even more interesting was the person who is kind of our, I don't want to say mentor, but the person who brought us to church was the one that introduced me and you. And it's pretty rare for him to do that. Like we're close, but not to the point where, hey, meet this guy. Whereas I think the like videographer came up and he's like, Ben, you know, you're into videos, chat, chat to this kid. And um, and we just kind of hit it off from there. But mm. yeah. That's how I got introduced to Chelsea as well. It was all orchestrated. <laughs> all orchestrated. It was all orchestrated. So good. Yeah. It was so good. Well, you know what? Like I, I think there's even a discussion to be had there you know, like a bit deeper is lots of people. And like, we have this discussion over dinner, <laughs> like in most normal families do, you know, this, this idea of like fate and how much of your life is actually in, in God's hands. And I always put forward to everyone that, you know what, like even in the good, the bad, every single thing that happens in your life, like God knew it was going to happen and he wanted it to happen for a very specific reason. And like, I know lots of people put it down to, oh, free will, you know, when you go against what God wants, you know, it's it's the wrong thing. But in my mind, it's almost like he knew you were going to make that decision. And that's a part of his plan that he had for you anyway. So I think even everything that you went through led up to a bigger purpose. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, everything that I did go through, um, you know, gave me this new appreciation for life itself, um, for connection with people and um, how people can, everyone's taken for granted. Like, uh, at the time, I was just taking people for granted. They could be here tomorrow or not, you know, um, and I just want to be able to love everyone with the same amount of love, no matter what they've, you know, been through, no matter if they're covered in tattoos or smell like smoke or like. Like it's, um, I just love people. I love getting to know people and I'm, yeah, to draw closer, to understand and to just form friendships and relationships. Mm. It's so important because you know how many people live their life so selfishly? It's like it, they wake up and it's, how can I make my day the best day ever? Or how can I give but just to make myself feel good and feel a bit more fulfilled? And it's, it's the people who are genuinely trying to make the world a better place, really. Like there's so much you can do, but the one thing that everyone can do is just talk to people and build relationships with them. And um, at the, like my girlfriend at the time, she, when we were kids, she was going through a pretty tough time too. And I like to think that the connection that we had and the love that like I shared with her was something that helped her through that. And I think it's the most powerful thing. Like I, our mum studied counselling and we know a whole bunch of counsellors and things. And they always talk about, okay, you know, the way out of depression is is just optimism it's being positive it's doing all the right things but i actually think it's love you know it's as soon as you find love from someone or something if you get to the point of believing in god enough that 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 fulfills you is that pretty much is the key you know to, to most things it's just you know finding that sense of fulfillment from other people yeah i definitely think the act of selflessness helps with that i don't know if i had depression or not i was definitely you know extremely anxious and was pretty on the brink of just finishing things off but I think that um, just finding, you know, getting myself in positions where I could be selfless and serving and just thinking about other people first really helped me come out of that. And I think you make the most out of life too now. Like you have such, such a go-getter attitude saying yes to most, yeah, you know, you jobs do. that come your way. You convict me every time I'm with you. <laughs> get on the skateboard. No, Jordan, I don't want to get on the skateboard. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he used the, um, you know, the episode that we did on adventure. I did. Like, John, I don't want to get on this. And you're like, come on, Abby, have a little bit of adventure. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had I mean, to do that. Should. I actually walked away from that thing going, I should not have said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it worked. Sometimes no, you was, need the push. I didn't get on it. You didn't, oh, okay. That's your but fault. But I felt convicted, so it worked in that way. <laughs> yeah, you felt convicted, I felt bad. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. So um, we did kind of touch on this before, but 
you know, we're obviously both videographers and, you know, having a creative outlet is something that's really important to me. It's pretty much the whole reason why I help out with this podcast. Why do you think, you know, having something creative that you can build with your hands is, is meaningful and important? Yeah. There's again, so much. Um, and I have such a passion and love for creativity and other people who are creative. Um, I think it's healthy. I think it's so healthy. I also think that everyone has the ability to be creative. I think, um, as children, you know, we're drawing, we're always coloring in or we're building Legos or we're playing with Play-Doh. And I think that's creativity, you know, drawing outside the lines, you know, when you're coloring in something, you always like, you know, there's no rules. You're happy, you're free to push the boundaries or like, um, and then over time you get this self-doubt that forms, which, you know, limits your creativity. And I think it stops a lot of people. And I think it's healthy to be creative, to find something, you know, that you can take you away from the busyness, the craziness. You can just put a bit of, you know, you can find that, like learn about your emotions through creativity. You can learn more about yourself, the world, gain more of an understanding. Um, and I just think it's an all-around healthy thing that people should either try if they don't have it or just embrace it and run with it if they do. It's also the, the seeing what how other people perceive what you put out into the world. Like all it takes is taking one nice photo and someone's day is made They're like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I feel better for it. Or whether you're a writer and you write, you know, something on someone's website and it just, it sounds good to someone and that inspires them to say yes to that contract or yes, to take that job, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Could you yeah. imagine what the world would be like without people creating in it? it would, what, what would there be? There'd be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Social media would be a big be. no one. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Yep. Exactly. One of the things that the girls always ask to our older guests on the show is, um, you know, if you were speaking to your younger self, what advice would you give them? Obviously, you're still a pretty young guy. Like you're not much younger than me though, to be honest. So I guess the question is for our older listeners, because it's pretty divided. You know, what advice would you give to your older self if you were, you know, to talk to yourself now? Wow. That's an amazing question. It's How a loaded weird, question. It's a weird thing to think about as well. It's a loaded question. That's good. Okay. Take as long as you need to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's a few things that I need to hold onto and to remember and maintain. I think it's um, surrounding yourself with people that challenge how you think, um, but also are supportive and um, they, they want to see you become a better person, I guess. I think surrounding yourself with a mentor or finding someone that has a bit more experience in life and wisdom is a good thing. Um, and being open to the things they have to say. Um, I think my faith, I think maintaining that is a massive thing. Put God first. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I have to say oh, right now. You can't really say much, can you? Because like you don't know who you're gonna be in yeah, I just ten think, years or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean I'll probably listen to this in ten years, who knows? So yeah. I guess um to my younger self, keep um keep doing what you're doing, stay on track. Um and I look forward to <laughs> I look forward to looking in the mirror and seeing wrinkles and, and grey hair and a dad bod. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation Ben and I, I got to have with Jordan. He's such an amazing person. And yeah, I hope you guys um, got some encouragement from this week's episode. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and also don't forget to subscribe. Have an amazing week.